Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back. So, if you're tired about hearing origin stories in my coaching process and you want to get to the main course already, then today is your lucky day. I'm going to be doing a basic overview of the nine Enneagram types. And if you want more of an in-depth look, then head over to my website and sign up for coaching. But just kidding, I'll also kind of go through stuff here. So it's a double dose. You're welcome. So all types are covered in staggering detail upon coaching, but I wanted to start you out with something really easily digestible. And if anything um, we talk about today that may spark something in you that you want to look further into, I'm always here. Or upon hearing about the uh, nine Enneagram types, it may confirm your number if you've been back and forth on a few. Some people can find their number right away, and for others, it takes time, and that's okay. This process is so individualized that I can't tell you what works for everyone because we're all different. All that to say, I found my number simply by reading a deeper description of a type 4 and found a lot of peace. Some people read their type and hate it. In fact, that's probably the most popular response when uh, people read over the things that we're going to read over shortly. And they're like, ooh, I don't like it. (laughs) But um, it it might be them. So hatred is probably the number one emotion (laughs) at first. Um, The Enneagram not only tells you the good about your number, but also some of the bad. Things that do not make you flawed, but can actually be to your advantage once we understand how to use it effectively. And I guess that's where the hate comes in. People can look at a type 8 or a type 1 or a type, I don't know, 5, even be like, ooh, gross, I'm not that person. Then they sit, then they reflect on it, and they're like, oh, shoot, that is me. But, again, perspective is everything, and uh, having a different B1 thing is going to definitely help to your advantage, and that's what this whole thing is, is for. If you're a person who needs more than just the descriptions read to you, then I have an Enneagram assessment that you can take that asks a whole bunch of questions to help narrow your number down. If you like taking assessments, then this might be a really good option for you. A disclaimer before we start going into the types. Get ready. It's not my job or anyone's job to type another person. That's like the cardinal sin of the Enneagram. Because the system is so vast and complex, sure, we can look at someone and see their behavior and think, oh, John is definitely a type 3. But the Enneagram is not about behaviors. Sure, it discusses behaviors, but the foundation of the Enneagram is rooted in motivations. I can't stress it enough, and you'll probably hear me repeat that 35 more times because it's true. In it's what separates the Enneagram from just about every other personality typing system out there. If you ever find the urge to type someone, please don't. Turn around and walk the other way. Stop the conversation mid-sentence and talk about something else. Or end the phone call. Or delete the text. Why? Because it's harmful. It really is. When people slap labels on other people, it's not great. They can walk around thinking that the number you gave them is really their number. And it can create a lot of confusion because they were really leaning towards another number entirely, even though they maybe didn't know it. And it might not be what they want to hear. So please leave it to the pros 
that's why I became certified. Number one, to implore you to not type each other. And number two, to walk you through the nine types you can land on yours safely without judgment and utter nonsense. And that's another thing. I, as a coach, do not type my clients. Only they can do that through their own discovery. I help lead them in the right direction. Another thing that's important to note, coaching is not counseling. Coaching starts with the present you and gives you the tools you need to become the healthiest, best future you. While there are times in coaching where we do need to look back into the past or specific situations, Enneagram coaches are not qualified to heal trauma. So with that being said, I am the Gandalf to your Frodo, the fairy godmother to your Cinderella. Okay, so here we go. Core motivations for each type. This is the foundation of the Enneagram. This is the cat's meow, the butter for your bread, the whipped cream on top your sundae, the creme de la creme. To give you some context to the core motivations and why they matter, I'm going to run through the four of them and kind of give you the briefest overview as far as what they are and what they mean. So the first one is core fear. That is simply what we're running away from. Core desire. What are we running to? Core weakness. The shortcomings of each type. And that's where, when I mentioned earlier, people reading um, a type and landing on one and finding that to be really true and their first emotion is hatred, it's, it's usually because of the core weakness. You know, as humans, we don't want to admit that we have flaws or we do about some things that are like popular flaws that other people can all relate to, but it kind of comes to things below the surface. Um... I don't know about you, but sometimes I kind of like shy away from it or don't even want to think about it. Um, Focus on other things like, you know, books and whatnot. But I digress. And the last one, core longing, is the message we long to hear. That's kind of what, kind of is what is driving us in a way. Um, Yeah, I'll leave it at that. So here we go. Type one. Type 1s are known as the perfectionist. They are structured, ethical, perfectionist, organized, judgmental, and principled. Type 1's core fear, being bad, wrong, inappropriate, or immoral. Number 2, type 1's core desire, being good, right, moral, and accurate, having integrity, being balanced. Their core weakness is resentment repressing anger that leads to frustration and dissatisfaction dissatisfaction with themselves, others, and the world. Their core longing, which is, again, the message their heart longs to hear, is that you are good. Type 2 is known as the helper. They are giving, generous, people-pleasing, loving, nurturing, compassionate. Type 2's core fear, being unwanted and unworthy of love core desire, being loved, appreciated, and wanted. Core weakness is pride, laying aside and ignoring their own needs and wants for the sake of others, offering helpful support in hopes others will appreciate everything they do. And type 2's core longing is that you are loved and wanted. Type 3 is known as the achiever. 
They are driven, image conscious, performative, motivating. Their core fear is being exposed as failing to appear successful or being thought of as incompetent. Type 3's core desire is being admired, successful, valuable, having a high status. Their core desire, excuse me, we just did that. Their core weakness is deceit, where as a type 3, they believe that they are, um, well, let me say this, type 3's type 3's, (laughs) it's early guys, type 3's weakness is deceit, where you believe you are only ever the image you present to others, putting on a performance for others to see and admire. Type 3s are known a lot in the Enneagram community as chameleons. They're able to shift and put on a performance, so to speak, around around others. That's not to say that they are the class clowns. That's not to say that they're actually actors, though a lot of um, artists can fall into Type 3. But um, they're all about striving for image. And they're going to put forth an image that they think will best fit the situation. Um, Whether that is in work, if they want to be successful in a work environment, if they want to be successful in relationships, what have you. And then a type 3's core longing is you are loved and valued for being who you already are. Type 4, the individualist my type. Creative, authentic, expressive, deep, and moody. Type 4's core fear, being inadequate, insignificant, defective, flawed, or plain. Type 4's core desire is being unique and finding your true self. Core weakness is envy, feeling that something foundational is missing inside you, you're tragically flawed, and others possess qualities you lack. And the type four's core longing is you are understood for being exactly who you are, one of a kind. I think in the next episode, as I'm kind of planning this out in my head, I am going to kind of do a deep dive on myself and kind of go through um, my type and even in my past coaching in January, what I have found that has really stuck out to me. What I have learned that has kind of really changed the game for me, I think um, that perspective might be a good one. So you will get that very, very soon. Type five is known as the observer. Intelligent, insightful, detached, isolated, and independent. Type five's core fear is being thought of as ignorant or incapable having their energy depleted and being ruined. Their core desire is being knowledgeable, capable, and competent. Their core weakness is avarice, feeling you lack inner inner resources, and too much interaction with others will lead to catastrophic depletion. Type 5's core longing is your needs are not a problem. Type 6, the loyalist, responsible, dependable, anxious, steady, and faithful. Type 6's core fear is fearing fear itself, being without safety and security, feeling abandoned. Core desire is having security and support. Core weakness is anxiety, predicting worst case scenarios, being in a constant state of worry. 
and the type six's core longing is you are safe and secure. <clears throat> Just grabbing a little water there. <laughs> All right, type seven is known as the enthusiast. They are positive, playful, adventurous, scattered, and versatile. Their core fear is being bored, missing out on fun, or being trapped in painful emotions. Core desire is being happy and content and fully satisfied. Their core weakness is gluttony, feeling empty inside and turning to any and everything to fill that void, whether it's experiences or relationships or whatever, in hopes of feeling satisfied. And the type 7's core longing is you will be taken care of. Last two here. Type 8 is known as the boss. Confident, intense, assertive, confrontational, big-hearted. Their core fear is being vulnerable, weak, powerless, controlled, and left at the mercy of injustice. Their core desire is protecting yourself and your inner circle. Type 8's core weakness is lust or excess, and that is the intense desire for control and power. And you can even think of it as um, plowing yourself in life to get what you want. And even though it says lust, I also like that it has excess with it because it's not always lust in the sense of um, a relationship or kind of anything to deal with like a sexual relationship. So lust, excess, just kind of always wanting more. And then their core longing is you will not be betrayed. Last one, type nine, the peacemaker. Type nines are easygoing, non-judgmental, thoughtful, reassuring, and resigned. Their core fear is being in conflict, feeling overlooked, losing connection with others. Their core desire is having inner stability, balance and peace their core weakness is sloth which is falling asleep to your passions desires abilities being in an unrealistic idealistic world to keep peace so a lot of people were here sloth and yes think of the animal but think of it in terms of laziness and that is not always true um when it means falling asleep to your passions i think that can mean a number of things but definitely my interpretation is you every human no matter what enneagram type you are has passions desires and abilities and all of the nine types chase them differently so for instance the type eight which we just talked about they are going to be a force of nature like plowing through life to obtain their passions and desires with a very intense energy and so when we have type nines, which are the sloth by their nature of, of their weakness, their shortcoming, is that, ooh, this even just came to me in the moment. It's kind of like they're like floating underwater. If you ever have seen, I don't know what movies come to mind, but, or even just like still images of like someone like kind of floating through water where they're trying to get somewhere and maybe they're not having the inertia to kind of get there but they're kind of just wading through like the vast pool of um like passions and desires and they're kind of floating so whereas a type 8 would take a jet ski and be like forget this i'm out i'm i'm following what i need to um a type 9 um just moves a little slower 
All right, finishing up a type nine with their core longing, what they long to hear is that your presence matters. And there you have it. That is a bird's eye view of all nine Enneagram types and their core motivations. Everything from this moment on builds off of the core motivations, but I wanted you to have a foundation before we start building our house or the snacks and provisions before we road trip, or the ingredients before we bake a cake. Gluten-free, of course. I'm obsessed with cake, y'all. I love watching baking shows. <laughs> and much to uh, my fiance Mike's head shaking after watching a season of Creative Bakes, I have everything in me to become a great baker, like in my mind and make all these tasty treats and win all the awards. My problem is that I don't actually get into my kitchen and bake. Every ambition stays in my mind and therefore I'm paralyzed by the thought of want, but not actually doing anything about it. Can anyone relate? Um, maybe about becoming the next great cake baker, but you know, something if baking cakes is not your thing, it's, it's something else, you know, like there's all this attention of like, oh, this would be so fun. I want to do it like, but we never do it. I don't know if that's just me, but that's that's my relationship with cake <laughs> so question for you is there anything that stood out in this overview maybe a few types maybe all of them and that's perfect um this hits people differently and whether you landed on your type today or not that's okay and honestly not the point if you're curious about diving deeper i encourage you to send me a message so we can chat about your questions comments concerns fashion tips weather reports whatever you got the last two in that list was something my middle school band director used to say and that was one thing that stuck with me all these years later he would always be at the end of band class he'd be like questions comments concerns fashion tips weather reports and he always wore like the best ties which his fashion was on point so maybe that's why Maybe that's why he said it. Who knows? But um, that is everything for today. I hope it was um, informational and educational and fun. And with that, we will see you next week. Thank you.